It all started when I ran into my editor friend the other day. My dear fellow, you've had a number of books printed and you know all about publishers, don't you? Why, yes, my dear fellow, I certainly do. Well then, my dear fellow, you will easily find someone to publish a work by a young author of the most outstanding talent and brilliant gifts. Do take the man under your wing. He deserves it. Well, of course, my dear fellow. Consider it a promise from one dear fellow to another. I shall take it right away to Herr Dumler. Now, I forgot to mention that this formidable young man who wrote this book is, well, a cat. Welcome! This is Unfamiliar Tales, a podcast about animals telling animal stories. We are your hosts. I'm Pratima Gopalakrishnan, and this is my co-host, Haley Milliman. Hello! Very excited to be here talking about animal tales. So we're starting this first season off talking about a book called The Life and Opinions of Tomcat Murr. And before we get into that, uh, we wanted to start off this first episode just talking a little bit about why we had the idea for this podcast and kind of how it all came about and talk a little bit more too about what we hope to discuss in this podcast. So let's kind of back up to just the idea of this show in the first place. So Pratima, you came to me because you were reading this book and you found it really fascinating. You were sending me some quotes and passages from it. What what was so interesting to, to you about it? So all of you heard a little bit, a creative rendering of this book at the very beginning of this episode as well. <laughs> so this is a book about a cat who decides to write his autobiography and who among us does not live with a cat that is probably writing its own autobiography? <laughs> and I just found myself every day sending, sending people quotes from <laughs> the book, telling them what this cat Murr had been up to. And I just felt like, you know, we make memes and TikToks with our pets today. And I felt like the 19th century was like, hold my beer. I'm going to write a 500-page <laughs> novel as my cat. So I feel like this is commitment to the craft that I really appreciate. I know that Haley shares that appreciation with me. And I've kept thinking, I have to, I got to share this with people. So I kept messaging people and I thought maybe it would be more efficient if I just recorded a podcast. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the things that became so clear and apparent when we first started talking about this book that this, so this book is exceptional and Tomcat Murr is exceptional. And we'll go into lots of detail about why Murr is so exceptional throughout this podcast. But overall, again, this was just such a common theme that we both resonated with. It was something that we were both really intimately familiar with and just like you said we're kind of intimately familiar with it in the memes that animal that we see online and tiktoks that we watch but also just in our own lives so i have been thinking about animals and their stories from childhood i think the earliest piece of 
pop culture, a piece of literature, a piece of cinema that I loved was Balto. And I say all of those because I loved Balto both in like written form on movies on and I talked about it constantly I would run around the I would run around the coffee table in my living room pretending to be Balto and I just was really interested in Balto's story and that contrib that that continued as I uh, watched things like Homeward Bound and Air Bud and just kind of this idea and Free Willy just these ideas that <laughs> animals have their own stories and their own personalities and that's continued into my adulthood now that I am a pet owner myself and so I have always felt that my pets have very specific stories and very specific personalities and i like to make up just kind of little ideas about what what my dog Knox is thinking about all the time i like you know he has a very distinct voice in my head which i think is reflected in this book and probably i think that's the same for you right yeah i think what really what really stood out in this book is that it's it's really a book that's a product of its time which is 19th century germany mm -hmm. so it's not you know this is not I, I like to say this is not a book about cats there's you yes. know there's this kind of cat, cat versus dog personality that people think of kind of generic <laughs> you know of how your cat probably wants to kill you yeah <laughs> every cat owner every every single cat every single animal is has such a distinct personality that I really felt like yep. Murr is not trying to write the autobiography of every cat. He's trying to write his own very specific autobiography. Yeah. And that's, I think, what where we came when we were conceptualizing this podcast. That's what we landed on was that this this story, this idea of anthropomorphizing animals and giving our animals their own very specific stories. It's been going on forever, right? It's going on in, in this book, which was written in the 19th century. It was prior to that and it's all the way up to present day into like TikToks like Bunny the dog who if you are not familiar with Bunny their Bunny's owners are teaching them how to speak through buttons but anyway everyone kind of knows that Bunny has this personality and it's just something that I think is so so universal that we have this idea that animals have their own stories um, and their own personalities. And while we speak about them in these kind of big groups, like these big monolithic groups, like cats want to kill you and dogs are your best friend. If you have your own animal, you know that that's not true. And you know that your animal has its own thoughts and feelings and, and voice. I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about you. My, my cat is busy, so I, I didn't yes. watch. Yeah, I mean, every, several times a week, basically whatever book I'm reading or thing I'm watching Chances are that my cat Pebbles has has had a hand in it because you know I'll be yeah. watching. <laughs> my most favorite recent one was I was watching Lord of the Rings and I stopped in the middle and said, "Did you know that Pebbles played the Witch King of Angmar <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings musical?" And then yeah. I discovered that actually there is a Lord of the Rings musical and probably Pebbles was involved in it. It was a resounding yeah. failure. <laughs> she doesn't talk about it much. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, not everything can be a winner. It's so, true. you know, there's, there's, yeah, some things, some things succeed, some things fail. Knox is not busy, but he has a lot of opinions. So he has a <laughs> lot of, he has a lot of thoughts about different, uh, different media. And he, I think, likes oh. to roll his eyes when he's like, Haley, you're, you're watching, you're watching another Star Wars, you're watching Attack of the Clones again? Really? <laughs> really? You can just we read gotta, it to yourself. We gotta get this, we gotta get this dog on this podcast yeah I know yeah that would be great if he <laughs> and Pebbles too sounds like Pebbles has some some things to add they do but anyway yeah that's kind of how we that's how we landed at the overall conceit of this show right is that 
This genre is very familiar to us, so the name of this podcast is Unfamiliar Tales. And we wanted to, we came up with that name because these animals that the stories are about, so first of all, the genre is familiar to us, right? We all do this anthropomorphizing of our own pets and our own, the animals in our lives, and it's also just a genre that there's so much media in for centuries and centuries, right? So it's a familiar genre in many ways. And the animals are familiar to us too, right? They are our familiars. They are our companions. They are with us all the time. But on this podcast, we want to talk about stories that are unfamiliar to the general population. So while those of you listening might be very familiar with Balto or Air Bud, we're going to be focusing on sharing stories that are just not familiar, um, that you might not have heard, that are unfamiliar. And then we're also going to be talking about unfamiliar looks at animals. So we've been talking about like the idea of the kind of like monolithic cat personality that the cat is angry and or the cat is plotting against you or that type of thing. So we're looking, we want to take an unfamiliar look at animals and really let the animals be the stars of the show and the animals have just like pebbles has a long history of doing things you know being in the lord of the ring being in middle earth and then i think i've heard heard that pebbles is also potentially at the the theme of the met gala one year so <laughs> pebbles yes. has their own story she yeah she <laughs> doesn't go to the met ball as much anymore because she's pretty busy yeah. but she was the theme of the met ball one year and that was yes she was very very touched by the gesture but yes (laughs) these are animals that we're going to be talking about animals that are resisting just being our familiars um yep and the tails tails thing sorry we couldn't help ourselves (laughs) but yes these are stories about not all you know we we when we started really digging into this and found all of that oh wow there is a very long august tradition of people writing 500 word or 500 page novels about their animals yep we found that some of the animal choices were a little untraditional so not all the Mm -hmm. animals discussed on the show will have tails even yeah t-a-i-l-s tails <laughs> they will all have t-a-l-e-s tails yes. <laughs> but they will not all have t-a-i-l-s tails <laughs> so yeah but let's start with this book um with tom Capmer. so yes. th- this cat so like i said i i spent a lot of time just messaging people and telling them about this cat and someone (laughs) described this cat to me as the cat alexander hamilton which i think is just the the perfect encapsulation of uh what this what this what this book is about and what the experience of reading this book is like yes he is definitely a polymath and a pain in the ass and he knows it he's very he yeah he he is aware of who he is he is aware of his own intellect he likes to show that off he's a big name dropper just like alexander ham let's be clear the 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 play version or the musical the play, version yes, of alexander sorry. hamilton yes. <laughs> we should, this is we, alexander <laughs> hamilton as played by lin-manuel miranda by the way lin-manuel yes. miranda if you're hearing this podcast Love your work. We'd love to have you on this podcast sometime if you'd like yes. to write a musical about Murr. Uh, just saying, we're both experts. So, actually, I believe that his Twitter, Lin Manuel's Twitter, features his dog and does exactly what we're talking about. He talk his dog. I think his name Toby, and I think this just kind of ties into how this genre of like 
giving our pets stories is so familiar. Like I don't really follow too closely what Lin-Manuel's doing, but I know his dog because (laughs) I've seen his dog show up on my Twitter feed with like Lin-Manuel voicing that dog. And so I guess, yeah, it just all kind of ties back to the fact that this is, this is something that we all do and it's so common, but yes, anyway, Murr is, Murr, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he really, he really puts the ham in Hamilton. Um, exactly. As yeah. played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the complete title of this book is The Life and Opinions of the Tomcat Murr. It's by E.T.A. Hoffman, who lived from 1776 to 1822. We'll have a lot more to say about him in a later episode. I'll just, this book was based on his real life cat, Murr who unfortunately passed away actually shortly before Hoffman himself did. So there's clearly a very personal connection to the topic here. Uh, I, th- I believe he also produced the cover um, cover art, the cover material for the original edition of this book. Hoffman not only writes himself into, the, and not only writes the, the cat into this book, he also kind of writes himself into this book. The cat characters are all very, very full of themselves, and the human mm-hmm. characters are all huge drama queens. So there's just entertainment yes. all around. <laughs> uh, and Hoffman himself died the year after he wrote part two of this book. There was, there was supposed to be a part three that uh, unfortunately never got written and never came out. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things about this book and about Hoffman is that even though it was written in the 19th century, I think you and I both felt a kinship, both with the source, so the material, right, the book itself, um, but then also with Hoffman too. And I think um, as we, and again, we'll go into more detail about Hoffman later, but um, I think we both just felt a lot of kinship with, um, I know I did with, with him. He was doing a lot of, Hoffman himself was a bit of a polymath. He was do, He was a lawyer and doing a bunch of other kind of just creative projects. And um, I am also someone who does a lot of <laughs> creative projects and then personal and work projects as well. And so I think that drew us in to his story. But then that's also, as you mentioned, pr- reflected in the text because he's kind of using, pulling from his own life and, and uh, in, some, in certain ways kind of inserting himself uh, into the text too. Yes, uh, I just just a couple hours ago was thinking to myself, what would Hoffman think? You know, Hoff, <laughs> ETA Hoffman, if you're listening to this podcast somehow, yeah. just yeah, I, I yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. But also, yeah, but also, um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what he would think of this. Uh, I yeah, my understanding is that his work was was apparently quite popular in his lifetime but uh as someone who you know doesn't yeah doesn't routinely read a lot of german literature i had i had never uh heard of him until i came across this book neither had i and i i was surprised as soon as i started reading again just how how familiar it felt and how um, how contemporary in some ways, but also just kind of uh, as somebody who doesn't read a lot of German literature, how comfortable I felt with it uh, right from the beginning and, and just how, how really freaking funny <laughs> this book is. It's, it's a true joy. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this book itself. 
The premise of the book is that Murr wrote his autobiography, but when he did so, he found a book in his master's study that he tore up to use the pages as blotting paper or as something to rest his own manuscript on. Um, and then when the manuscript was sent to the publisher, these pages, both from Murr's manuscript and the book that he tore up, were all mixed together. The error was not noticed until the book was already printed because neither the editor nor the publisher read the manuscript beyond just seeing that the beginning looks good. So as a result, the printed volume contains both Murr's autobiography and excerpts from what is described as a biography of the Koppelmeister Johannes Kreisler. The experience of reading the book is that you're shuttled back and forth between these two narratives with absolutely no warning. It just happens mid-sentence. The editor is very embarrassed by this error, but he says, it's okay, not all is lost. And the workaround that they've come up with is that in the printed volume, they indicate the different segments as M continues for the Murr sections. And then the sections from this supposed biography of Johannes Chrysler, those are indicated with the letters WP, which stands for waste paper. So it seems like it would have been simpler to just call them Chrysler or something. But this is just the editor kind of you know, turning the knife and calling this book literally waste paper. And he says, well, at least we, you know, we get Murr's story this way, but we also get the you know, so remarkable story of the Kapellmeister. Pebbles, but I think they're starting a podcast. I was taking a nap and suddenly heard them talking about the Met Ball and I thought, ball? Well, that's exactly why the preferred term is Met Gala. There was way too much chaos with all the dog attendees at the 2005 Met Ball. Ball? Gala. I mean, Met Gala. We can record a correction so they don't look silly, but Pebbles, this is exactly why they need us on the podcast. It's a podcast all about animal tales and letting animals be the stars of their own show. But how can you have a podcast about animal stories without actually having any animals on? Well, Knox, you may be onto something. It sounds like they really need us. Just one thing, though. I really don't know anything about podcast editing. Don't worry, Pebbles. I'm really good at it. Incidentally, Hoffman himself is probably the friend of the author mentioned in the preface. He's in the book uh, described as the person who approaches his friend, the editor, and recommends this manuscript by this intelligent young tomcat he knows. And I think we can also guess this because Herr Dümmler is actually the name of Hoffman's own publisher in his life. We're going to be kind of accepting the, the premise of Murr's authorship as we're talking about this book on this podcast. But we are going to acknowledge that E.T.A. Hoffman did in fact actually write this book. So we'll step outside the fiction of the book just briefly to talk about the publishing history of this very remarkable book. The Life and Opinions of the Tomcat Murr was actually one of two books that E.T.A. Hoffman was writing in the last few years of his life. The other book was a book called Master Flea, which ran into some censorship issues. And unfortunately, Hoffman did not see those issues resolved before he died in 1822. So The Life and Opinions of Tomcat Murr, E.T.A. Hoffman began writing this book in spring 1819 and he published it before Christmas 1819. But that first volume is dated 1820. He then began volume two of the book in the summer of 1820, and he finished it in December 1821. It appeared around that Christmas, 
but it's dated 1822. Murr died in November 1821, so shortly before Hoffman finished writing Volume 2. There was supposed to be a Volume 3 of the book as well, so we have a complete manuscript in that we have everything that Hoffman wrote, but there was a planned Volume 3 that never came to fruition. And not only did Murr die in November 1821, right when Hoffman was finishing Volume 2, but also Hoffman himself died in 1822, and that's why he never he never got around to finishing that third volume. Yeah, so what we have are two volumes divided into four main parts. Volume 1 has Part 1, Sensations of Existence slash My Months of Youth. Part 2 has My Youthful Experiences slash I Too Was in Arcadia. And then in Volume 2, we have Part 3, My Apprentice Months slash The Whimsical Play of Chance. And in Part 4, we have Beneficial Consequences of a Superior Education slash My Months of a Greater Maturity. These are all probably Murr's titles, but they but they all end up having um, some kind of intimate connection also with this other narrative, which is the biography of Johannes Chrysler. In this podcast, uh, when we are referring to uh, sections within each part, so each part is around maybe 100 plus pages. There aren't chapter divisions within each part. All we have are these M continues versus waste paper. So just to keep track of of numbering ourselves, this is this is just a numbering system we're using. It's not in the book. We will be referring to the sections as M1, M2. So the M1 is the MERS, you know, MERS first section, M2 is the second MERS section. And then we'll be using WP1, WP2 to refer to sections in this biography of Chrysler. And as we get on in the book, if we're referring back to a section in an earlier part, then we'll say something like part one, WP3. But if we're just referring to something within the section that, within the part that we're talking about, we'll just say WP3 or M2 or whatever. So that's a little bit about the publication of this book. And I must say it's given me a lot of insight into the publishing history of the 19th century. It sounds like in the days of yore, you just took your cat's manuscript over to your editor friend and then sent it off to, to you know, to the publisher. So I, if, only, if only it were still that simple. <laughs> yeah. So Haley and I are, we are unfortunately not from the 19th century <laughs> content creation world. We are very much from the 21st <laughs> century content creation world. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... So I am a historian of late antiquity, or as my computer always tries to autocorrect, latte antiquity. And I study, yeah, I study the the Roman, the Roman uh, East, so the kind of the eastern half of the Roman Empire and Jewish communities living in the ancient and late ancient and early medieval periods. And this may sound like it has no connection whatsoever to what this podcast is about. And I wish I could say that you're wrong, but no, it has nothing to do with it. I may, maybe one day I'll have some real gems about ancient cats to, to drop on all of you. Uh, but really, uh, yeah, this is something that we are, we are both, I have one PhD, I suppose, in, in ancient uh, stuff, but I hope to get my, my, my real PhD in making up stories for my cats. 
<laughs> yes. And I have no PhDs. Um, neither in, what? in cat stories. <laughs> I don't Not have a, cat a single story. one? <laughs> Not a single PhD. Um, I do have a little bit of publishing experience, like you said, not in the not in the 19th century. But similarly to the 19th century kind of no oversight things that were going on with Murr, <laughs> I published in a very non no oversight world, which is the blogosphere. Um, so I have a little bit of a made up kind of ridiculous job too. I, I work like, I guess I would say that I'm a content creator, which is the first time I've said that out loud, but I think that it might be the most easy and succinct first, way. The first step is to just admit it, Haley. <laughs> yeah, to admit that I have a deep problem. <laughs> but I work, yeah, so I work as a content creator and content curator, which is even more pretentious and terrible. <laughs> but I work I work primarily with an amazing company called ProWritingAid, and I am the head of education there, managing their blog content, as well as their teaching content, their video teaching content through webinars. And I have, so I have some expertise in how to talk online, but uh, no kind of academic expertise, except as I kind of alluded to earlier, a really deep knowledge of the the script of Attack of the Clones. But I think you have that too. So I think we, we both have that. I do. It's actually required in most PhD programs these days. So yeah. Oh, well, see, I should it. get one. <laughs> I should apply for a PhD program. I, think I mean, I, I, think, I think with your knowledge of Star Wars, you're, I'd say about solid 73% of the way there. So just just keep at it. I will do my best. And as for this podcast, season one of Unfamiliar Tales is going to focus on the life and opinions of the Tom Catmer, as we have said. We're going to have four releases. The first release um, is on part one, and there will be three more releases to follow to account for each of the three remaining parts of the book. And although there's nothing I would love more than all of you listening right now to run out and get a copy of this book and read along with us, we will not be assuming that anyone yes. <laughs> is doing that or that anyone has read this book or heard of this book. So this podcast will also kind of, it can stand in for reading the book. So with that, I think we are ready to wrap up this first episode and we will be back next time starting to dive in to the text of Tomcat Murr. But that being said, nothing quite prepares us for the life and opinions of the Tomcat Murr. So we're very excited to see where this podcast journey takes us. Thank you for listening. And in the words of Murr himself, should anyone be audacious enough to think of casting doubt on the sterling worth of this remarkable book slash podcast, let him reflect that he is dealing with a tomcat possessed of intellect, understanding, and sharp claws. <laughs>